Hello, I'm back. I'm excited to be here. I'm talking to you with uh, Cody Dre. <clears throat> he barely survived, you guys, this week. He was up on the side mm. of the mountain. And um, yeah, where were you at? I was in the Lost River Range with your brother, no less. That's your first mistake. My brother's a crazy person. Yeah, he's pretty hardcore. So We always have good adventures. Yeah, so Cody... Yeah, you were up like so high. The the winds were stiff. You were on the side of these big drop-offs. So, yeah, tonight Cody has extremely chapped lips and a big um <laughs> blister on your foot. So mm -hmm. you've earned you have some more wounds. Yeah. I think uh probably less than I expected to be honest. I think that's kind of like the least of what you'd expect for something like this. Mm -hmm. We climbed a couple 12,000 foot peaks. Um, and yeah, I did a lot of scrambling through the mountains, through loose rock and scree. It was quite an adventure. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I also want to note, take note that you are about to be a published writer. You are featured Ooh. in the Sela newsletter blog. You were guest to be featured guest blogging. So mm -hmm. you guys keep your eyes open for that. Sign up for the newsletter. Cody talks about his story he looks back over just the role that adventure and wonder and outdoors have played in his life and leading him to some of the rhythms that he loves right now looking forward to the adventure sela yes uh oh it was beautiful beautiful storytelling what was that like sitting down to write all that out are you mocking me no, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Uh, I don't know if it was beautiful. It was fun to like process through my story. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot that's kind of left out as I like read through it and yeah. was writing it. I was like, man, there's like so many gaps sort of, but yeah. it was just kind of a condensed version or story of my relationship with just exploring in nature uh, yeah. as a child and kind of through my life and what that's meant to me. So it was yeah. fun. Thanks for doing that. Your memoir next. Right. I can't wait to read it all. <laughs> Everything. All right. So that feeds really well into my guest today, Sarah Westfall. She has a podcast called Not My Story. She has um, a blog called The Shelf. And we talked today on the podcast. I love this conversation. It was a long time ago, but um, I am. it's coming out today. It's about the importance of story about the importance of listening to other people's story and knowing your own story and owning it. And we just, we had a lovely conversation. I really enjoyed listening back to this one. Um, I hope you guys will listen. I also hope you, um, anyone who wants to, we have a few spots left for the October Sela. That's October 15th through the 18th in Joseph, Oregon. So get a hold of me and message me if you are interested in joining that group. All right, enjoy. Follow her on Instagram and, and subscribe to her podcast, Not My Story. You know, I, I am a reflector and a, a lover of story from like as far back as I can remember. And I've always kind of processed life through words. Um, and so that's played itself out in so many different ways over the course of my 30 whatever years. We'll leave that question marky. Um, and 
you know, now like I, I'm a mom, I'm, I'm a writer. I host a podcast called not my story. And so all of that is using words to allow our stories to connect us and to um, find our way in the world really. And so that is, if I could put myself in a nutshell, that is who I am. You know, what I do on a day-to-day -day life um, is wrangle my four boys <laughs> most of the time. Um, and then I've been married to my husband for 16 years, going on 17 here soon. And that is pretty much daily life for me. I appreciate your love for stories so much. When I was first starting this podcast, um, I kept getting asked to, and I needed to be asked, but like, what's the, what's the point? What's the, like, what's your hook? And I would just always be like storytelling. Like I love stories so much. And almost everyone has, if you start digging like this incredible woven story. And so when I found your, your work, I felt very connected to it for that reason, because I can tell you love people's stories and you love drawing them out. So will you back up? and tell me about your writing and sort of story tell for yourself going into starting your podcast and all of that. Yeah. Um, goodness, writing. I, I really struggle to remember a time of life where I wasn't writing in some capacity. Um, but like most of that was like journaling or writing on random notebooks around the house that I, I, I tend to have these like <laughs> notebooks in every room. Um, and so, you know, words in that capacity and writing has always been a part of my life. Um, but about 10 years ago, um, when we were pregnant for our second son, um, we found out midway through the pregnancy that he would not be able to live. He had a life limiting diagnosis. Um, and so I knew that while he was fine in the womb, that once he was born, that he would either be stillborn or not live long. Um, and so out of that, I started writing um, publicly. I started a blog, not because I thought I had something important to say. It was honestly because I needed one place to kind of um, spread information. And that was before like Caring Bridge and some of these other sites um, were available. And so I just needed one place for everybody to kind of know what was going on and how we were doing and how we were processing. And then also the other part of that was just like therapy for me. It was cathartic. Yeah. Um, so that's when I began writing a little bit more for anyone else to see. Um, and then also out of that story out of out of that complete um situation and i mean to say that it was heart-wrenching and just shattering it, those words don't even do justice right you, I mean, you know they don't do justice to what that kind of news does to your heart and your soul um but but out of that also eventually came nine years later um the podcast not my story because the day that I got that diagnosis was sitting in the hospital room there. The thought that continued to go through my head is this is not my story. This is not the, the, the narrative that I wanted to write for my life. I didn't think it was fair. <laughs> I didn't think that it was deserved. I didn't think um, it was like God got it wrong <laughs> to a degree. 
Um, and so I had a lot of things to wrestle with in the year, in, in that moment, and then in the years to come. And so the podcast came out of many, many years of wrestling, many years of um, trying to understand the, the shift in, the in my story, in my personal story, and then seeing how God came into that space that became very hollow and um, recognizing his grace that was there all along. And so that is, that's kind of the story behind both what initiated my writing as well as um, my other work. How long, how many of those nine years of wrestling did it take before you started being able to wrap your head around your story, helping other people and using what you, yeah, that hollow space to like move forward in a serving capacity. Yeah, it was really strange because in the year immediately following our son's death, um, I had several people who reached out and were like, oh, well, you should write a book or you should come speak here and there. And I just had this deep sense that whatever was happening was not done in me. Like it was too soon. And I knew that I was still too raw and it, it just wasn't ready and I wasn't ready. Um, and so I would say, you know, I, I began to then write because I didn't want so much happened in that first year and so many moments where God made his presence known in a way that I never knew, knew was possible before that. Um, and I've known God since I was practically in diapers, mm -hmm. um, but knew him in a completely different way from that point on. Um, and so I, I knew that it wasn't done in me. And so I began to write everything down because I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to forget. Um, and so for five years, really, I just um, processed very privately through that. Um, and eventually I began writing publicly, but it wasn't, it was kind of more in the, um, like the mommy blog stuff. Mm. Um, and so it was about more so my life with five or four boys, um, being a mom, a boy mom, than it was about the, the spiritual wrestling and, really the things that were more important to me, but I just wasn't ready to write about them publicly yet. Absolutely. Yeah. That totally makes sense. When you decided, I guess maybe fast forward to deciding to make that move and line up guests and start asking them about their stories, were you looking for stories of like grief? Um, or, you know, I think that's obviously what spurred on for me, the podcast to begin with. Um, but I really, I had this deep sense that in that space of, of our faith and things not going as they planned, that God reveals himself in a way in those seasons. And whether that's grief or whether that's just, and sometimes that unplanned, sometimes that, that is a positive thing. Like, oh, hey, here is this house you know, you didn't know that you were, it was, it's like these gifts, you know, it's not always grief necessarily. Yeah. And so, but I knew that in that unexpected place that God shows up 
um, and reveals himself in a different way. And so I was just very curious as to what that looked like for other people. And I knew how important kind of that intersection between faith and the unexpected is. And I was getting kind of, I, I wanted to continue exploring it, but I also was getting very tired of telling my own story over and over. Um, that's hard and that's heavy to hold that and retell it day by day, week by week. And so I wanted to still pursue that concept, but without it always being my story that was being told. Yeah. Have you, I mean, what have you learned since hearing all these stories lined up together? You know, one of the pervasive themes and there, there, there are a lot, a lot of them, but I think one thing that I have yet to, to not hear from a guest is how when these unexpected things come into our lives and we begin to have questions that God doesn't always necessarily show up with answers, but his presence is becomes um, tangible in a different way, you know, and maybe not immediately for people, but I think for those who it's like over the long haul, who have some perspective and looking back in those unexpected things that for all those unanswered questions that they have, that God's presence fills in the gaps. Um, and so that has been something that has definitely worked its way into my own writing, has worked its way into some shifts I've made or we've made as a family and how we schedule time. And, and not to say that we have that done perfectly, but we know how important it is to structure our lives around being present with each other and, and allowing God's presence to be like known in those tangible ways. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's something that I just continue to hear and continue to like God is whispering in each of those people's stories. Yeah. I think that's one of the truest things I've ever heard in my own story and others is like, I think in Christianity, you definitely are within the church. You want to like have the arc of the story and put like a bow on all the things that got wrapped up nice and neat on the other end. And yeah, I've noticed the theme in my own life and with other people like, no, it's about walking through it and it doesn't always land nice and neat, but like there is an um, undeniable witness that if you learn to sit in it, it's such a gift to turn around and be able to show that and be with other people. Yeah, absolutely. I would, that in and of itself, the, the way that people showed up and the way that God showed up in that season of really raw, intense grief um, really changed me. It shocked me how many people were so invested in, in our life and our story. Um, it was like very revealing to myself how selfish I had, I, I was. Cause I'm like, I don't think before that I would have shown up in that way for people. I don't. Um, but it's so very important. Cause I mean, that's why we were created. We were created to have this deep communion with God and with each other period. <laughs> That's, that's life-changing. 
Did you know we have a Sela newsletter? Amanda and I started it. We are offering just short articles and essays and recipes and beautiful ideas and pictures and workings of other people and even guest writers about twice a month in a short email that will be dropped into your mailbox. I don't want to should you, but I think you should go to um, the Creative Sela Instagram and follow us, of course, and then go to the link in the bio and you can get signed up right away to be in our newsletter list. And then you'll also be first to know about um, specials going on and um, new dates for Sela retreats and Sela dinners and adventures, all the things we're doing. Um, who couldn't use a little bit of beauty and good news in their email list? Um, so I would love it if you would go sign up for that today. You know, I, I tend to be like, I have always have ideas in the hopper. I probably have more ideas than I have time and capacity. And, um, you know, I, I have to pick my ideas wisely because I also can very easily get then caught up in all the details of like, once I get into it, it gets very overwhelming very quickly. Um, but you know, right now I am just very focused on writing and um, kind of writing in a deeper, truer, I have, I have this sticky note on my computer right now that says um, there's two of them. One, um, is a verse, I think it's Matthew 10, 27. And it says something about uh, what I, what I tell you in, what I tell you in whispers, shout it from the rooftops. This is like Sarah's abbreviation, <laughs> Sarah's version of it. Um, and what I tell you in the dark, speak into the light. Um, and then the other one is um, write from a place of abandon. And so I am trying to write from this place of let's say today is the only day that I get to write. What am I going to say? Um, and so not feeling so tied down to um, one concept or idea, but the things that really are the, the, the themes that continue to go out is, is that concept of presence, of living that life of presence. I've been writing a lot about um, a slower, slow living, like slower pace of life, um, because I think it's for me, that's, that's a part of being present. If I'm always going on and on and on and on to the next thing, then I miss so many things. And paying attention is, is so vital to a life of presence and of, of being clued in to what is happening in my home and in my heart. And so that is something that's kind of driving that. And, you know, I always, I have about four books in mind <laughs> right now, um, and none of them necessarily are, are on their way to the publishers or anything, but I'm kind of constantly ideating about those things and writing pieces of them here and there and just trying to be very open-handed with what comes next. Yeah. Do you think that this last year has taken you deeper in that? You know, what is so funny, I began 2020 with a word of the year, as so many of us do. And my word was, or I guess I had a phrase, it was depth over breadth. And what I thought 
that was going to mean was that I was going to really focus on stewarding the the readers and the listeners that I had well of, of being willing to go deeper with them. But what I didn't realize is that it was also about digging deeper spiritually in myself and kind of like getting my my feet and my hands down in the dirt and letting things kind of come to the surface and having to to confront a lot of things um because what else were we going to do you know we were all staring at walls and stuck inside our walls <laughs> and so um and so yeah this last year has been i mean it's been so hard on so many levels i i feel very burdened by a lot of things that I see in the church and in divisions in our culture, in our communities. But I also, I'm very grateful for, for what has been revealed because I think that that's like, if, if those things don't come into the light, then how, how else are we going to deal with it? And so, um, yeah, it has been a, a grueling but good year. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, do you think, does it sound right to say that it's been like a giant mirror held up to all of us and it's all the stuff that was already there, but you're right. We were living in such a fast paced way that we didn't really have to pay attention to it if we didn't want to. So can we circle back around to that idea of slowness and slow living? Can you dig deeper into that? You know, it began with um, some writing that I was doing on the concepts of the spiritual practices of silence and solitude. And I am a mom with lots of boys, very, very loud. Every day I feel like their volume goes up and, my, and I'm going deaf. And so the space for actually having complete silence and being alone is very, very slim for me, especially within the last year when we were all home so much more than normal. And so, you know, what it looks like to slow down and to, to change pace for me is all about cultivating this, this quiet heart, this quiet inner self, um, because, and, and what that looks like, be, because silence and solitude, I think that sometimes that's not necessarily a lack of, of volume or things going on around us. It is a like condition of the soul. Right. And so finding, and for me, in order to, to have that quiet heart, I realized that I need to slow down because that's one of the things I honestly really, really enjoyed about quarantine is that things really slowed down. We didn't have calendars. We didn't have things to be at or take kids to. And we would take walks in the middle of the day. And I would, you know, have time to cook because I wasn't trying to make something quickly and getting a kid somewhere. And I really realized how much I needed that. And so as we kind of have the kids have gone back to school and and we're you know not normal but have things again back in the calendar we we've been trying to re implement things that still pull us back to slow and so you know 
for me, some of those, and they're silly, they're little things. And I think they're a little bit different for everyone, but cooking with my hands every day, you know, not, not being on a screen. I'm actually trying to cook through just cookbooks. I'm trying to minimize how much I am on a screen um, because that always kind of makes my mind a little noisy. Um, and so I, you know, that tangible movement with my hands and engaging the senses of, of creating a meal and then enjoying a meal with my people at the table, you know, it's loud still, but the, the process of all of that um, has been so life-giving and, you know, other little ways that we are trying to, to just slow down and say very intentional yeses and very intentional no's to the things that we either add in our calendar or um, the way that we spend our time, structure our time. You know, even today, I just, I wrote something about how like slow doesn't necessarily mean sloth. <laughs> it doesn't mean that suddenly we're lazy and I don't do anything, but I, I'm trying to be more intentional. And I, I know we say that word a lot, you know, but, but really trying to tell my time what I'm going to do with it rather than letting time kind of take me on this like hamster wheel and I don't even know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to get off the hamster wheel and allow things to just happen at a different pace. And I think it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's countercultural right now. Um, and, and so I, I find myself daily kind of fighting against not only like outside uh, invitations to things or, Hey, will you do this or that? But even just my internal spirit of, of striving, of realizing that saying yes to all the things isn't necessarily always what's best for my relationship with God and my relationship with other people. And, um, even though my pride might feel good about being asked to do something, it doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> and so, um, it's, yeah, it's just trying to get to those and being changing pace and being a little bit slower allows me to see those motivations a little bit more clearly. Yeah. And what do you know about yourself now that you wouldn't have known if you didn't slow down? Hmm. I think part of it is that, that striving piece in me. I think that for a long time, you know, I was fueled by that because there is a part of me that is an achiever who who likes to get things done and to do lists um but i also then felt a lot of guilt when things didn't get done or i i wasn't living up to the expectations that i had for myself and that wasn't a good way for me to live i felt like i was always really just letting myself down and so I've learned to choose my battles. Uh, you know, I, I choose to do writing some days instead of my dishes because that is what is good and right and true. And the dishes will get done eventually. You know, we have paper plates if we need them. <laughs> um, I think also just in the slower, I realize how quick I am to fill gaps of time 
You know, even sitting at a traffic light, um, the, that natural inclination to reach for my phone is almost always there. And I don't like that. Like, I don't like that, like that, that, that has become such a natural reaction, um, that I am not comfortable with, with space and I'm not comfortable, but I think the more that I practice having more time and space, I'm realizing how important it is to engage the imagination, to, to kind of get back to some of those like kiddish ways of, of being in the world of wonder, of paying attention. I, I feel like I'm seeing so many more things that I've, I've missed for a lot of years. And so that's been really, it's just been really beautiful, hard. And, you know, sometimes the things that I see is, uh, in myself is not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely been revealing. That's really neat. It makes me think of, um, going back to what you were saying about being present and with people. I notice when I'm just at a quick clip all the time and I'm uncomfortable with empty space that comes out in my relationships, it comes out in my conversation. I can't let someone just, I can't let any quiet time lag. I feel like it, I have to fill all the awkward spaces and make everything better. <laughs> And when I'm like in a slow state of mind, I give whoever I'm in relationship with a lot more space to breathe and be. <laughs> so that's probably a blessing for everyone. Um, well, that I have had this question going around in my mind for my podcast guests. And I'm really glad that you ended at like delight and pleasure and surprise and childlikeness. What are you finding going into the end of winter and the beginning of spring that's like, surprising to you that you're noticing and that delights you? You know, it's strange. I think just in this week while we're recording that we are at the like one year mark when all things COVID began to shut things down a year ago. And um, there's been obviously so much heaviness over the last year. And I think in the last few days, and I I don't know if it's just like our body's natural cycles with grief and with hard things, um, what that one year mark does. Um, sometimes it means something, sometimes not. But um, I've, I've found, and it, it helps too that the weather here in Indiana has taken a slightly warmer shift in the last week. But all of a sudden, I feel like there is this freshness, this newness, um, this this little um like glimmer of of hope that i haven't felt so so intensely for a while and i don't know what that means i don't know how long it's lasted if last if the last year has taught us anything is that we just need to be open-handed with things both yeah. with the gifts and with the griefs yeah. <laughs> um but i right now i'm enjoying just the, the bluer skies and the, the sunshine that pours through my kitchen window, the, um, my kids wanting to go outside after school and running around and just the freshness of, of the earth, like that, that, that smell of, of fresh earth, of, of things coming back to life. 
that is that is what I've just been noticing in the last week. And and a lot of that's just due to the seasonal change, but there's I really feel like there's something more happening as well. I think you're right. I could cry hearing you say that because I've been feeling the same thing. Just like oh, I'm so glad that the seasons are like not affected by all of this. They just keep turning and and changing and being beautiful. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, that's great. Can I ask you about your food that you talked about cooking? I I love cooking. And I'm obsessed with hearing about other people's food and what they're making. What's <laughs> oh my goodness. So right now my husband and I are doing whole 30 that mm-hmm. it's kind of like a detox, um, 30 days of just kind of reset, resetting the body. We were both feeling really just blah, um, back in January. And we were like, we, we need a reset. And so right now I am cooking through, um, it's the whole 30 cookbook. It's like the fast and easy one. (laughs) It's literally whole 30 fast and easy, I think is the name of it. Um, and I've been enjoying, but I've been enjoying it. Like, I don't feel like I've been missing some of the ingredients that that aren't in it. Um, I made a really good, um, and this is really good because I use the cookbook, not because I'm amazing, um, but it was uh, shrimp and cauliflower grits. And so if you like like Southern, like buttery grits and shrimp and a little bit of like Cajun Creole flavoring, that was really yummy. We really enjoyed that. Um, and then I made recently, I'm, I'm really into like either my slow cooker, my, my crock pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I, a really good, like pork loin, um, was really yummy. And I recently for Christmas got an air fryer and I am making all the whole 30 approved French fries in that thing. And I've never had such good, like homemade French fries, like cut up the potatoes little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt, throw them in the air fryer for 18 minutes. And oh my goodness, they're so good. I would eat them for every meal, but I really don't think that much potatoes is that good for you, even if they're whole 30 approved. You might be back to feeling blah after a while. Yeah. 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 Well, is there anything else you would want to just like leave? um, Yeah, just a a weary bunch of people with hearing. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the, one of the things that continues, you know, we, we talk about how important story is. We kind of started there and how we each have this story. And I think that sometimes we think that we have to have this, this moment that's this big shift or this really hard thing for our story to have this weight or for our story to have this, um, like that's worth being told. And I just more and more, I want to say to people that whenever I have their ear, that, that their story matters, that, you know, I think it was Madeline LaAngle in her book, Walking on Water talks about this concept of, we are all streams that are, that are, you know, going into the same big lake. And each of our stories are so important into the story of God. And so while each of ours might, are, are, some of us might be trickles, some of us might be these rushing rivers and only God really knows what, whose is whose, um, but they are all, 
you know, woven together in the story of, of what God is doing now and what God has already done and what he will still do. And so the more that we can see our life and our world from this like storied perspective and, and be clued into the story that is happening in us and the story that we are with God writing, um, I think that it is only going to be a richer and more connected, you know, think about the time like that you began to, these, these assumptions we make about each other before we really know each other. And then we begin to get each, to know each other's stories and it changes everything. There's context, there's understanding, there's like reasons for the behaviors that we're observing in each other. And it, it offers so much more compassion and empathy. And so I really think story where we are, we have, as a culture been so far removed from under from understanding our own stories the stories of others and i think we need to get back there and and this begins with people individually knowing and believing that their story matters I just love that conversation with Sarah. You guys, again, go follow her, um, subscribe to her podcast, subscribe to my podcast. If you haven't already, please leave a rate and review and share this with a friend. And again, get a hold of me if you're interested in any of the events going on. Um, again, the Sela in October has a couple spots left. We're also hosting a picnic the very end of August, August 28th. For any of my Oregon friends, you're invited to come feast and have some really good food with me and Amanda. And I hope that you guys will just take some time this week to reflect on your story and how important it is.